Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Iceberg Recap, your home for Pittsburgh Penguins game recaps and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. After a one-game hiatus, we are back to recap Pittsburgh Penguins' victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets by a final score of 5-3 to three at CBJ on Tuesday evening. The top storyline in this one, Pretty easy to pick out. Sidney Crosby looks dominant once again against the Columbus Blue Jackets, a team that he has succeeded against heavily during his NHL career. He continues to torture the Blue Jackets as he has his entire career. Now has 57 points in 39 games against Columbus in his career, and he really took over this game at several points. I mean, that entire line was buzzing from puck drop. Jake Gensel looked dangerous. Brian Rust could have scored two or three goals in this one, and Sidney Crosby was the heartbeat of it all, as Mike Sullivan says for Sidney Crosby about the Pittsburgh Penguins. But let's get into the goal recap. Fast and furious here. The Penguins, they open up the scoring, like I mentioned, with Sidney Patrick Crosby scoring his eighth goal of the season. A bouncing puck finds its way onto Crosby's stick, and he wires it past Elvis Merzlikens for his eighth of the year. Marcus Patterson and Chris Letang grab the assist. That is Chris Letang's 699th point. Still one shy of that magical number 700 for Chris Letang, but we'll see if he can get it on Thursday or this upcoming weekend with a couple of important games coming up for the Penguins. But one to nothing at that point. Tampa, or not Tampa Bay, a tie game then because of Kirill Marchenko getting an unassisted goal off of an Evgeny Malkin turnover at the offensive blue line. Marchenko walks down. Gets a pretty lucky bounce as uh, Ryan Shea's try attempt to deflect the puck goes right back to him. And then he walks Shea and beats Tristan Jari to tie it at one for Columbus. Columbus then takes their first and eventual only lead of this game with Igor Chinnikov scoring late in the first period. He gets his first of the season. Assists go to Erica Branson and Zach Wierenski. And that's where we stood after one period of play. Second period, not as much scoring. One goal, and it did come from the good guys. Jake Gensel scores his sixth goal of the season. Assists come from Vinny Henestroza, his second on the year, and Sidney Crosby, his ninth apple of the season, to tie things at two apiece heading into the third period. Third period begins, back and forth action, Penguins taking a penalty, Penguins getting on the power play for the first time in the game, something that uh, was not expected to happen at, at certain points because they were not getting the calls in their favor last night, but they kill that penalty, 
They don't capitalize on their own opportunity, and eventually the second line takes over for their best shift of the game. Evgeny Malkin and, and Riley Smith playing, you know, give and take for about 40 seconds before Evgeny Malkin wires a cross-ice pass over to Eric Carlson, who absolutely sends a laser beam behind Elvis Merz-Lincolns to make it 3-2 to two in favor of the Penguins in the third period. Unfortunately, they weren't able to keep that lead. Alexander Texier, a little bit later in the third, ties it at 3 for Columbus. Assists go to Sean Corrali and Justin Danforth, and it looked to be similar to what we saw in Los Angeles. Back and forth, back and forth, and we'd see if this one would also go to overtime, but not so fast as, once again, Sidney Crosby takes over. His line gets a really solid offensive zone shift, and it leads to Eric Carlson getting the puck at the point. He sent it down low, and Sidney Crosby with one of those patented deflections and redirections to beat Elvis Merz-Lincolns. Something out of a storybook for the Pittsburgh Penguins as Sidney Crosby scores his ninth of the season. Eric Carlson picks up his 10th assist. Jake Gensel also gets an assist his 12th of the season. Then a little bit later, the last time Sidney Crosby scored a hat-trick was in January of 2022 against the Columbus Blue Jackets at Nationwide Arena. He refreshes that stat and makes it a November hat trick at Nationwide Arena against the Columbus Blue Jackets. He puts in an empty net goal, his 10th goal of the season. Brian Rust dropped it to him to get him the, the, the third goal there. So a good play by Rusty on the empty net goal, his sixth assist of the season. And that is where the score stood at the triple zeros. Penguins five, Columbus Blue Jackets three, and a good win for the Pittsburgh Penguins, making it five straight for them. And I understand getting into a playoff spot in November is not the end-all, be-all. You can't win the Stanley Cup on November 15th. But by November 15th, you can sure as heck lose a Stanley Cup opportunity. So the Pittsburgh Penguins getting back into a playoff spot is something of note. It's not the end-all, be-all, like I mentioned, but something of note. And that's exactly where they stand after their fifth straight victory, taking out the Metropolitan Division rival Columbus Blue Jackets, a team that they have beaten nine out of their last 10 matchups. So I guess rival is very loose term in that one. But let's move over to the three stars of the game. Third star, somebody that I don't know if many people are going to give credit for, uh, for his performance last night. But my third star of the game goes to Tristan Jari. He's been heating up over the past couple of weeks. We talked about it on Tip of the Iceberg podcast yesterday. While, yes, this game was not as dominant as we'd seen from him the previous three, while he did struggle in the first period and did give up a, a rough goal, goal to Igor Chinnikov in the final minutes of the first period to go down 2-1, to one, I thought he bounced back really well. And with goaltenders, sometimes you get off your game, you have a bad game, and that forces you to struggle a little bit. You get into your head a little bit. I thought Tristan Jari built momentum as the game went on, something we haven't seen from him overly, you know, overly often. He was able to build that momentum, get sturdy in the second period, shut things down. He did give up a goal in the third period, but I think that was more on a defensive mishap than anything. It wasn't really on Jari. He made the first save and there was just nobody to cover the rebound. He gives up that goal and goes to 3-3, three to three. but I think overall Tristan Jari had a pretty good game. 28 saves on 31 shots, and I was impressed with the way that he bounced back after a struggling in the first period of play. Second star of the game, going to go to the Penguins' penalty kill. This is not the first time that I've given the penalty kill their flowers in a game and given them a star. Four for four in this one, and some of these penalties were... Some of these penalties weren't penalties, to be, to be quite frank. I mean, the Lars Eller penalty, the cross-checking on Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Gaudreau couldn't dive better if he was Michael Phelps, right? So some of these penalties you had to question, but at the end of the day, Penguin goes to the box, the PK is left to try to hold down the fort, and they did so in this one. And it's not like Columbus, despite having 
you know, a team that's not expected to go very far this season, they have a pretty talented top power play unit. You have Johnny Gaudreau, you have Patrick Laine, you have Zach Wierenski. So a pretty talented group of guys, you know, even Adam Fantilli, who was at the top of this past year's draft that's out there. A very talented group of guys that can score goals. So a solid effort by the Penguins penalty kill, 4-for-4 four four in this one. And, and not just 4-for-4. Four 4-for-4 four. Four four with the most pivotal PK at the most pivotal moment of this game. They came up in a massive way. Tasked with killing a penalty right after that third goal of the game where the game was tied. The ice started to tilt in Columbus's favor. They get the power play because Redeem Zahorna takes a uh, tripping penalty. They get the kill, and what happens immediately after that? The tide shifts, and the Penguins score that goal. The Penguins get the eventual game-winning goal from Sidney Crosby, from Eric Carlson's you know shot pass. And now you look at this PK. They've killed off 12 straight penalties, and they sit in 10th in the National Hockey League with an 84.8% kill rate. A stellar performance from them again. And like I mentioned, 12 straight kills for this penalty kill unit. It's a unit that has certainly impressed as of late and has impressed throughout the season. They have had their, their struggles. They've had their dips in performance. But overall, uh, they're a pretty good unit so far this season and, and definitely a resource for the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, that has been a positive more so than a negative. First star of this game, no question about it. Sidney Crosby. Could you tell that he was on fire from the moment the, the puck was dropped? Yes. The opening faceoff hit the ice, and Sidney Crosby was on it to start. I said a couple weeks ago on one of these recaps that, you know, Crosby had been pretty good, but I wanted him see, be see him be more dominant, excuse me, and that's exactly what he's been since then. A four-point performance in this one, a, a hat trick in this one. You can't ask for much more than that. Gets the opening goal of the game, gets the game-winning goal, gets the put-away goal with the empty netter, and that is his 13th hat-trick of his career. Not just that, he extends his point streak to nine games now. He's been held off the score sheet just once in 14 games this season, and he's on pace for over 110 points. He's on pace for over 50 goals this season. Will he stay on those paces? It's unlikely, honestly, but at the same time, just amazing to watch a guy still performing at the top of his game and he's certainly leading the Pittsburgh Penguins back from that rough start that they had in October to as of right now 15 days into November halfway through and the Penguins have yet to lose this month at 5-0-0 final thoughts on this one it's not about Crosby although a lot of things this night should be about Crosby it's not about Jake Gensel who is on a point streak of his own playing really good hockey and once again finding comfort at Nationwide Arena, something that's been a trend throughout his entire career. It's not about Eric Carlson, who's starting to look like the 101-point player that he was last season, not to mention some pretty shrewd moves in the defensive zone. Not about any of those three guys. I'll actually talk about all three of them on the episode of Iceberg to go a little bit later today that'll come out. That's right, two episodes of content for you guys today because it was a game day yesterday. But my final thoughts on this one is about the Penguins' third line. Everybody can tell that the third line has been coming along really well recently. Well, it was same song and dance in Columbus. They had a really strong game. In fact, I know of getting Malkin set up that Eric Carlson goal, and that is going to be a highlight reel goal that the Penguins go back to time and time again, and Sportsnet Pittsburgh will go back to time and time again. That connection between Malkin and Carlson was great. That entire shift was great from the second forward line. Third line outplayed him last night. The third line had a much better night last night than the second line. 
from whistle to whistle, from 60 minutes left in the game to triple zeros, the third line outperformed them. The third line has been steady and solid since Redeem Zahorna came in. They've had their their couple of games where they were a little bit off, but last night was not one of them. Lars Eller looked tremendous last night, and I know a lot of people are not happy with Lars Eller. At least they were not happy when that trade and acquisition, excuse me, because he was signed, when that signing happened, but he has looked good, and there have been games where you see him play as the best third-line center the Penguins have had since Nick Benito the first time around. So, interesting opportunities last night. He had a couple of them. He could not finish them. That's the next step. But, you know, he did take that one penalty. But as we all talked about, that was a, that was a weak call. That was a lot on a lot of acting on Johnny Gaudreau since the, the, the strike is over. Johnny Gaudreau got back to acting and, and he got that penalty for him. But I think Lars Eller has been, you know, a, as a, a good friend of the show, uh, the hockey troll of the official caps chirp says he's a linchpin and right now he's becoming the linchpin for the Pittsburgh Penguins as he was the linchpin for the 2018 Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals but the third line in, in its entirety had a really stellar game last night Drew O'Connor had his legs all night Redeem Zahorna was getting a couple of opportunities it was the offensive zone pressure that they were able to build and they were able to keep on the Columbus Blue Jackets that allowed the Pittsburgh Penguins to build momentum there was one time the Penguins were getting the ice tilted against them and the third line went out there and had the best shift of the period at that point and they turned the tides and the Penguins got the momentum back but if you look at their numbers per natural stature last night the line finished with 70% of the shot attempts you cannot disagree that that is a stellar performance anytime you see that they outshot the Columbus Blue Jackets 10 to 2 went on the ice. Yes, you want to see them out shooting them, but getting 10 shots on goal is something that you will eventually see goals go in when you have that on a night-in, night-out basis from the third line. And they had 76.98% of the expected goal share at 5-on-5. And I get it. Underlying numbers, at the end of the day, they didn't score a goal, but they've been scoring as of late. Drew O'Connor scored against the Sabres. You've seen Zahorna get a couple of goals. Lars Eller has scored a couple of goals. They've gotten some assists as well in there. So the third line is really coming along, and it's becoming an asset for the Pittsburgh Penguins where it's been a liability over the past couple of seasons. And I cannot you know, stop saying how important that is for this Penguins team because they've needed it the past couple seasons. They haven't got it, but they're starting to look to get it right now. And if they can lock that up as their third line and they just got to figure some other things out with their their fourth line a little bit, which has still come along, and they got to figure out Ricard Raquel at some point, but this team is certainly looking strong here in the front half of November. Up next for the Pittsburgh Penguins, they keep the Metro train rolling here. Second of three straight against division opponents as they take on the New Jersey Devils. There are whispers that Jack Hughes might be available for the New Jersey Devils after missing a couple weeks with an injury on Thursday night, but more than likely he will miss that game as well. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what his injury status is. Regardless, the Devils gave the Penguins fits last season. We'll see if the Penguins can push back and punch back in this one on Thursday night. They got a day off and then another Metropolitan Division matchup, one that is going to be very important as the season rolls on as the Penguins hope to finish in the top three in that division as Kyle Dubas outlined early in his tenure was a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Iceberg Recap. One last thing before we go. Uh, noticed it yesterday. We have a community section on YouTube, which for some reason I didn't know about. So if you want to see whether or not the podcast is going to come out the night before, directly after the game, or the next morning, I'll just do a quick post in there after each game. You'll notice that there's going to be a live post-game show usually earlier in the day. It'll go up and it'll be on the front page of the of the YouTube channel. But if not, 
I'll still post and make sure that everybody knows when when they're coming out because uh, I notice that can be a little frustrating. But going forward, going to try to be a little bit more uh, transparent about when we're going to have these episodes out. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Iceberg Recap. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. We'll see you guys next time.